Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress tech experts. Here's your hosts, Jonathan Denwood and Andrew Palmer. Welcome to the WP Tonic podcast in WordPress and Tech. It's episode 62, and I'd like to introduce you to the guests. So, Sally, like to introduce yourself? Uh, certainly. Uh, I am Sally Getch, the WP fangirl and full-site editing junkie. Oh, yes, full-site editing. And uh, my co-host and the founder of the WP Tonic podcast, Jonathan, most frustrated at his current host, but introduce yourself, Jonathan. Tell everybody about yourself. I'm, not, I'm never frustrated. How you could use that link to me, I do not know. But I'm the founder of WP Tonic if you're looking to build a e-learning or membership website on WordPress, we're the people to help you do that. And f- nearly finally, because I'm going to give you Spencer Foreman. It's Spence from WPLaunchify.com. Brilliant. And I'm Andrew Palmer from AI. I'm your host this week. And uh, we're just going to take a short break for our sponsor, Christos. Be back in a moment. Hi there, folks. I just wanted to tell you about our major sponsor, and that's Castos. If you're looking to get into podcasting for yourself or for clients, you need a top-quality podcasting platform, and that's what you get with Castos. It has a superb interface, really easy to use, and you're not penalised for success. They have a flat-rate pricing structure. Don't matter how many podcasts you make, how many downloads you achieve, you'll just pay at one fixed rate with Castos. Plus, there's support, and just the quality of the people are just amazing and if you'd like to uh, find out more about castos and the deals you can go to wbtonic.com and go to our partner page and uh, see what's going on with our other sponsors and uh, enjoy what they've got to offer you castos are one of the best podcasts i've actually signed up to Personally, as well, I'll be doing a podcast in the next six months or so. So now we're going on to our first story. Quite controversial, really. Elementor have got 10 million installs. They've celebrated it this week and last week and the week before. And um, they've now done a brilliant offering on pricing. And they're getting into the WordPress WordPress management state. State. What do you think about this, Sally? Elementary? Are you an elementary user? Uh, no, I'm not an elementary user. I've used it a couple of times. It seems like a good product, but uh, I just committed to Gutenberg early on and, and so didn't do the elementary thing. Uh, what I think about this particular uh, find the right plan for you page is that it's going to give me a migraine if I look at it for very long because that vibrates so much. Uh, but uh, we have been talking on this show uh, about the likelihood of Elementor having some kind of hosted offering uh, for months at least, maybe longer. And uh, they have gone and done it. Uh, and the uh, pricing is pretty competitive. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know what the uh, hosting is like or, or any of the rest of it, uh, but it is a very sensible move on their part. And it may be uh, popular with the people who want to stick to Elementor and 
not uh, wrestle with uh, keeping up with all of the uh, <coughs> changes in uh, the block editor. Yeah, that's true. But I think it's more like a Wixie kind of move and making it a, an all-encompassing um, offering. What do you think, Jonathan? Uh, I think it's a, like an electric prod that's been rammed up the backside of the great leader, basically. Um, the, the, um, the gloves are off. Uh, um, it's going to get dirty and ugly quite rapidly, I reckon. Um, it, it was predicted, um, predicted by most of the panel, Spencer, myself, you. It was pretty obvious. There was this story that Wicks, I understand from my sources that there was a negotiation, but it didn't work out. Um, the, you know, um, I think it's a great thing. I think competition's great. You know, um, I think it's great for the WordPress community. I think it's great in general. Um, I'll be interested to see what Spencer's got to say about it, but that's my thoughts, Andrew. Yeah, I think I think it's also going to affect WordPress hosting companies. They're thinking what's going on at Nexus and um, Liquid Web have got this offering where they kind of do a similar thing with a WAS. What do you reckon, Spencer? Yeah, um, first of all, I think this is actually anecdotal evidence of something that I heard through the grapevine, which was that the deal with Wix buying them isn't at least happening right now. So you can see from the way that this is structured that this is really just a bread and butter we might as well host it ourselves because for 89 bucks a year, we can just give somebody a one-stop experience where everything is curated and ready to use. Essentially putting Elementor in the same position as HostGator or GoDaddy or LiquidWeb or any of the other people that are offering the reverse. Here's a bunch of stuff that gets you to come to our hosting because we realize that, like we're going to need a lot of people. And it's better than offering you $7 a month for a basic space. We can include Elementor in there and a bunch of other touch keys and now you'll pay us $89 a year. And it's, you know, I don't know what the math works out to it, but it's about seven bucks, right? Roughly, give or take, it's 84, 89. So it's like we're in the Disney, Netflix, you know, Hulu membership economy. They realize they've got a shit ton of people. They've got to babysit those people in some way. Might as well do it on a platform. Asking you, Andrew, back to you, Where's Nick Roach's hosted offering on Divi for this? Because it would seem to be just well, as logical that yeah. Divi ought to be doing that. I've got well, I've got a feeling that it's gonna happen, but I mean I've I'm I'm not in constant contact with Nick as I was when I was running Elegant Market. You know, through the grapevine. Yeah. Trying to trying to be um friendly and, and upfront about stuff. But they I'll go and actually there's another thing I want to say about that, but there's um they will do that. If they if they don't, then they don't. They've got their own reasoning. But they, I think last year or maybe even two years ago, they recommended hosts. So SiteGround are a recommended host. I think Bluehost are even a recommended host. You know, there's a few there's a few recommended hosts that then, if you've got a license key, and start up an instance, and you say I want a Divi, I want Divi installed automatically, they will do the whole package. So they'll install Divi, Mono. Wait, wait, can Divi. I make a pause for a second on that? Sure. I, I want to I say something that I don't think a lot of our listeners understand about how the economics of the WordPress hosting and, and even Stripe relationships work. And here's an example. When I was involved with firstwebdesigner.com and some of our other vertical clients, certain hosts like HostGator in particular, 
really heavily front load for affiliates. So in other words, if you get a person to sign up for an account through your affiliate number, you just have to have them sign up. And I don't even know if it's three months they have to stay. They have to stay a very short time and you get an extraordinarily large amount of money. For example, on an account that they may pull in $84 a year on, they're, they're paying you, in some cases, $125 to $150 is what I was getting How paid. How do they even manage that? Be- because they realize that it's sticky. They dollar cost average, like how long people stay. And they figure if you get them to us, they'll never leave. And so it's a three-year or longer kind of payout. But they realize the person's there forever. So what I want to say, this also happens in the world of Stripe with WooCommerce. Stripe has deals with WooCommerce where it's 2.9% plus 30 cents for every transaction that Stripe takes. They give a piece of that to WooCommerce because in WooCommerce, there's the Stripe gateway or through Gravity Forms or something else. And the economy of WordPress is very interwoven that way. So when we talk about these deals, the, the, the logic is simple. Loss leader right? We're going to make a partnership with a hosting company. We don't know it, but there's a good chance that whoever this Google Cloud platform, they're paying Elementor 150 bucks for everybody who signs up. It Maybe. could very well be the truth. Well, it's cost of acquisition, isn't it? You know, they say that, um, you know, when I was working with NTL, for instance, that their, their um, cable was twenty one ninety nine a month. And at the time, it was the cheapest cable by about 10 quid. But the actual cost of acquisition was over 750 pounds. Right? Exactly. So it exactly. took a while for you to get that money back. So that, and we all, we all think, you know, cost of acquisition for say a, a 30 bucks plugin could be $54, $55. We've done, we've done the sums on that and we know that that, what that cost of acquisition is. So you basically lose the first two months subscription. Um, and if you're mm-hmm. doing recurring, uh, commission as well, affiliates, you're kind of losing that as well. But I right. think what the, I, I don't know why WordPress would be either annoyed or um, put out by this element and move because, yes, there's WordPress.com, which is the commercial side. So if anyone should be um, put out by it, it should be automatic. Because I think this helps them, quite honestly, because so this so removes a, a fly from their ointment because now Elementor goes, like, you want Elementor? Fine, come to Elementor Hosting. WordPress makes money only on VIP, WordPress.com makes some money, but it's like not really their main focus. The thing about this is it gets the conversation away from, you know, comparing Gutenberg to Elementor, doesn't it? Right? Like, you want Elementor? Go over there. Yeah. You want I think there's also another element to this. I call it hybridization. Um, there used to be a very clear difference between the WordPress mm-hmm. and SaaS community. I think you're seeing in a few products that this this divide is breaking down in a way that um, you see it in Castos, you see it in a number of products that they offer you they offer product that you can utilize with Gutenberg or you can host yourself, and then they they have another product which kind of bolts on, or it can be like this hosted. Well, I also think, now, when it comes to Divi, I, I, I don't know about Divi because in some ways they seem to be leaning in a way that they were going to integrate it with Gutenberg, in, you know, and be more blocked-based. But they might also decide to have their own hosted. And then you've got, you got the whole issue about what, the, what GoDaddy and the big 
traditional hosting providers, you know, they must be looking at Wix and Squarespace and now Alimator. Well, it just blurs, it blurs the lines, rightly so. Like when you look at it in terms of what's the future for anybody, absolutely for plugin authors in WordPress, my prediction 2022, I'm actually involved in these conversations and we know our good friend Vito's product, Atarim, does that, is that they took a plugin, they made it SaaS. One of the main reasons is because when it's a SaaS product, all of those previous misconceptions of pricing about plugins disappear. People are thrilled to pay blankety-blank per month because that's how SaaS works. Whereas in the WordPress space, it would be very tough. I don't know of anybody right now who has a plugin where they're paying $75 a month for the plugin. But in a SaaS, yeah, sure, that's you know that's one of the plans. Yeah, well, and it does seem like a natural progression from like something you pay for one th time to then something you're paying for every year because the one time is not sustainable in the support department to then a SaaS product, and then you have more control and added value and you know more income and, and upsells inside of this Elementor hosting. Guaranteed, there's going to be a dashboard that says, click here to install this, click here, and all, all those will be premium plugins that have marketplace deals with Elementor. You know? Or they'll be, be free versions of the plugins or that you version. do, is what WordPress.com WordPress are now doing. You know, there's eight plugins in there. There's Yoast, I think, is the only one that's not WooCommerce. But right. there's, and there might be an SEO plugin, and I can't remember, I looked at the yesterday, but I listened to Matt Mullenweg on another podcast, the, you know, the, what Bob does, the Woo podcast and i think it was ronald giselle i can't remember the lady's name and i'm really <laughs> upset that i can't remember her name but kathy i think <laughs> ronald is is you know part of uh Yith plugins which is a direct competitor for, for woocommerce and i thought that was right. quite funny that he was interviewing the guy that bought right, woocommerce right. um but matt was was it's the first time i've actually heard matt actively sell he said i'm looking for big websites that are using an e-commerce solution that are turning over hundreds of millions a year or hundreds of thousands of products and i want them on wordpress.com so if you've got one of those come and see me because you can help us develop woocommerce and he was he was mentioning the fact that woocommerce actually isn't making any money because it's not that much of a commercial product if you listen to the podcast it's a really interesting podcast but to, to finish this one off if i can what it, it, it you know woocommerce.com are now developing a marketplace divi developed a, a marketplace which is going fantastically for a number of really good number of uh of vendors elegant marketplace had one we had envato well we've got envato we've got all that elementor will without a shadow of a doubt have a marketplace but they because they've now got this hosting situation it will be much easier like you say spence for that marketplace to be in the dashboard of WordPress, right? So if you want Bertha, if you want Launchify, if you want an LMS, you're just going to click a button and it'll be an auto install. And they will be going out there doing doing deals, maybe be doing it via you know people that go along and approach them and say, actually, if you want to do this deal, you're going to have to pay us to do yeah. it. If you want our plugin, you're going to have to pay us. You know, Ten, 10 million we, people. Well, exactly. You know, so... Th those things are going to happen. I like the way this is going. I like the way that Elementor have basically dropped the mic and they've and they've announced to Beaver Builder and all the other page builders and Divi. They've said, "Look, we've done it first. 
we know you're going to follow, but you're, like, you know, we are, we've got 10 million people to market to now. Right? That's enough. I mean, I honestly, it. it's enough. It's not, yeah. the, it's not the end point, but it's the starting point where you fork in the road. Not necessarily. Ironically, remember, I, I was thinking that Wix thing would be interesting as a way for the Wix guy to go like this. To, but it doesn't matter because Elementor, for their reasons, they don't have to worry about the WordPress core. That's free. You know, they don't have to worry about most of the plugins. They're free. They can just focus on making it in a container where they, you know, they get more users from what they're offering. And because of the state of the word that happens every year and where Matt always says you're free to fork it or you're free just to use it, that's where WordPress as a, as a GPL piece of software actually loses its power now because people are saying they're taking a power pull and they're saying right we'll use wordpress it's totally free it's brilliant and actually if we want to adjust that version of wordpress just for our users you've told us we can so we're gonna you know and we can put anything in the dashboard as well sure as Nothing long as you've got you the team to it. keep up with it well elements i have they've, they've got plenty of money you know they've, they've had lots of vc money invested they're gonna oh, throw sure. in the, i mean they've got a big me, crew they can they can yeah. do it, uh, yeah. but you know, not everybody is in a position to just say, "Oh, sure, I'll fork core." There's a few out there that can do it. I mean, forking core is a is a fool's errand to a certain degree, but what they can do is patch a lot of the problems. Like, for example, with the Gutenberg thing, Munir and I were speaking about this because there was that new feature. Gosh, forbid we needed it that allowed you in the list view to drag stuff up and down, right? The blocks, and it was like super easy to do, and and before this 5.9 incorporated it, there was another plugin. I think I recommended a couple of weeks ago. And he says, well, it's coming. It's in 5.9. I'm like, but the problem is it's not yet, but now it is. Think of a laundry list of 100 items. Those could all be you know, add-ons or fixes and not necessarily in the core, but you go, here's core and here's all of our curated fixes. And then as yeah. it develops, they move them over. So. Yeah, we just make so, it better. Right, either. so we move on. We, we, I mean, just a quick spot vote. Do we think it's a good thing or a bad thing? Quick, yes or no? Good, yes, bad, no. Yeah, I think it's good, but you need to go for the break because we've taken up almost half an hour on this. All the time. So we're just going to take our break for another sponsor and we'll be back in a second. Hi there, folks. Are you looking to build modern shopping cart landing pages using the power of WooCommerce for yourself or for clients? And you want to do that quickly with little need to know about hand coding. Well, if the answer is yes, and it should be, I've got the perfect answer for you, and that's Launch Flows. Launch Flows is the most modern and easiest way of building modern landing shopping pages for your clients. It also works natively with Gutenberg and the leading page builders like Elementor or Divi. It's really flexible, really powerful. I'm Bertha an AI-based writing assistant to help you write better content on your WordPress website. In just a few clicks you can ask me to help you write outstanding content for your website that's guaranteed to convert, from blog posts to landing pages, to product pages. Never be left with that blank page again. You can try me for free on Bertha.ai. See you soon. Right, we're back from our break, and it's been exciting talking about Elementor, and uh, I'm proving that I'm not a particularly good host, but never mind. We are now on a different thing where we are looking at, I think, Jonathan, you posted this one up. It's not anything against Amazon, is it, by any chance? But Amazon paid 
for a high school course, and here's what they teach. So you put it in here, Jonathan. You lead this one. Off you go. I just think it's delicious. Amazon, they give so much to this show. You know, it's just delicious. To say, you know, it's pure 1984 truth. You know, hatred is truth. Um, love is war, you know, it's just pure 1984 stuff, you know. They've got, they've got the posters in, in the high school, customer obsession, bias for action, delivery results. Uh, um, yeah, it's uh, basically the story is that they, they're giving 50000 to this high school to and they do an Amazon course to be indoctrinated, ready for their warehouse jobs. Uh, well, that's, I mean, it's a logistics and supply chain course. It's, it's basically to be ready to oppress the uh, workers at the warehouse jobs. It just really, it's such a delicious but story. But you don't have to. It's quite clear, Jonathan, it's quite clear you do not have to do the internship at Amazon. It's a logistical company. So, you know, they've been quite open about it. And... Um, you know, anybody that that throws money at a college or a university to help them along their way, surely that's got to be applauded, right? Whether or not they, they're saying that they, this is like an apprenticeship and it's like a university for dealing with logistics, which is tough, right? Because, you know, I had, I had a package delivered yesterday somewhere in America and, um, you know, it left the destination at 2 p.m. and said it will be somewhere at the end of the day. Now, what's the end of the day? Let's get this right. Yes, Tell Tuesday. me what time going to arrive. Yeah, exactly. What is what is the end of the day? So we'll get it right. What do you reckon, Spence? <laughs> yeah, so w- w- this reminds me of a little bit is that you can look at this both ways, but let's just break it apart. When I was a psychology student in college, we learned this thing called the Milgram experiment. And essentially, they took normal, happy, everyday kids and they essentially made them like prison camp guards with authority over their other students. And if the other student didn't do what they were told or say what they said, they were able to deliver actual electric shocks to the other students. They were fake electric shocks. Uh, No, they were real at first. Uh, But the point was, was, it wasn't enough to hurt them. It was enough to like get a reaction. But the point was, (laughs) ultimately, I think they backed down the experiment, but they, they carried on and the point still remains. They were shocked that normal kids could be basically turned into, you know, like prison Monsters. guards that would... Yeah. Okay. So I here's why... I think confusing two things. One is the Stanford prison experiment, and one is, is Milgram's electric shocks, which I've uh, and read a lot about. And for instance, they had a bunch of people playing the... Uh, uh, the um, can you imagine, hey, can you imagine me? I just ran it straight up with a... Pressing, pre- pressing the, uh, the uh, so the instructor kept telling the person who was doing the shocks, "No, you can't stop. No, right. you can't stop." Right. right. So it was, it was they not were just turning like them into monsters, and they were willing free will, to become. But it was a really clear demonstration of how you can get people into situations like going along with the Nazis. Like Nazi prison guards, why they would go ahead and do stuff. Like normal, everyday citizens would torture their former neighbor to death or kill them. And the point was that humans are capable of this. Now, the reason I bring this in is that this thing could be looked at as one of two ways. It could be looked at on the positive side that what if we actually have a model going forward where corporations like Amazon 
could find a way to spend their money to fix the real problems of education, to fix the infrastructure problem. In other words, incentivize their tax things in a way that builds tangible stuff. Even if it's the Amazon classroom, it's like the super modern thing. The problem comes from the nature of the curriculum, which does seem quite clearly to be sort of like a Milgram experiment of help us understand how you and all your friends think so that we can devise a way to turn you into slaves and then torture you if you take three you, seconds. You do understand this is how public education in this country got started. It always has been that way. It was a great factory. It's the, company, it's the company towns They're uh, trading good, good little workers. But that is why I bring this up. Unlike in those days when it had a spin on it, we actually are at a fork of the road where we're seeing other examples of this going on without the evil undertones of it, right? We see companies that are doing things like we're in favor of a four-day work week and, and paying for people's insurance and not telling them that they have to do these re weird things or get psychological information from them. So it's really a lot about where the alignment of the corporate management is and also where the financial incentives lie from doing infrastructure. So I think this is like those robots from Boston Dynamics, right? They're either going to eat our faces off or they're going to be doing our bidding. And the difference is who's making the choice about where to put that energy and, and technology. And Bezos, there was a picture of him. I still order every day from Amazon. But the difference between like Bezos and Elon Musk is lots of conversations. But Bezos is in his swinging you know, Florida, I'm a pimp with this little, you know, girlfriend on the beach, like trying to look so awesome. And then Bezos, I mean, uh, Musk is not necessarily doing that. I think Bezos is evil in his core. I really do believe that he can't be trusted because this is a, an offshoot of that. Whereas other people like his ex-wife or even Bill Gates, you know, they don't seem to have that thing where it's obviously they're out doing their own interest. And that's what concerns yeah. me about this. Is what I love about Bezos is he, he's pure James Bond villain, isn't he? You, you, can see yeah. him, you can see him in a Bond film, straight off with a cat, you know, with you know, in the sky lab, you know, um, with the sat, you know, it's pure J James Bond, isn't it? You know, I just, did, I just love with it. His, with his minor shareholding of uh, Amazon, what is it? How, how, how have you picked on him? Because he's the former CEO now, but he's actually made something like $842 billion for other people via Amazon, right? So where are these? other people that have made these $842 billion, why aren't they tarred with the same brush as Bezos? Why? Because Bezos is the head of the company and he's... No, nobody knows. Nobody knows. It's like when you look at Mercedes-Benz or all the German companies. After the war, a lot of people figured out who made all the money for producing Zyklon B or the, the airplanes or whatever, and they get their shit handed to them. <clears throat> but there hasn't been a reckoning yet because people in America are so effing greedy, even me, that I don't want to break up the thing that delivers my package to me five seconds after I press the button. So that's why he gets away with it. And the tax thing is coming to reckon. I'm not saying today or tomorrow, but there's definitely that. There was even some people on, God forbid the word, Fox News, that were they put a socialist on who was really well-spoken. And he just exemplified why this whole tax thing is so weird. Yeah. And if that day ever comes, then those companies are going to have a real branding and an image problem, aren't they? Because yeah, like also Andrew, I also think it's a side tax side tax um, scenario. It's a bit like what's happening in Britain. You know, as an outsider, you hear all this about 
the Prime Minister and about these parties, and you wonder, why is everybody getting upset about him having a few parties? Where you got you got laws being trying to be passed that would stop people from protesting, which is a fundamental attack on the basic freedoms of British people, but there's hardly any inform but it, I think people know they're under attack, but the thing that upsets them is what you think they shouldn't be getting upset. You think they would get and I think the same thing applies to Amazon. Well, that I think it- part of it is not just that it was a party. It was a party at a time when they were telling everybody else you have to like stay home and wear masks and not socialize. So and the hypocrisy I'll, I'll, of it, it's yeah. like Gavin Newsom uh, at the French Laundry. Yeah, and it's like yeah. the Queen was left on her own to mourn her husband in the church. Right. So and she couldn't couldn't travel. Anymore. But that that's that's you know I've had got a very good friend of mine who's slightly right of Attila the Hun. And uh, he said, "Why?" He said, "Why oh, like should my husband? Yeah, um, right. Why should you care what what they do? Why should we care? Why right. you know they've, they've, we've had the fastest vaccine out out um, you know fastest fastest vaccine rollout ever of all Europe and the world. We've got this. We've done that. We've got this. We've done that. And I said, well, people care because it's Boris and he's he's broken the rules again.'" And he continues yeah. to break the rules again, and he is a person of responsibility. Yeah, but I was trying—I was trying to. I don't care, but anyway. Yeah, I was just trying to explain why. Yeah, but I don't, we don't see Bezos in this country. You—you you obviously got him in, in your in your in your periscope all the time because you live in the states. In the UK, we hear very little about Bezos. All that I hear from about Bezos is you—you you slagging him off, saying he's a—he's a—he's a psychopath. You know. Or whatever, but you know, that's 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 what I'm seeing from from just. I, I, I just I just formulate the news stories, listeners and viewers, and Amazon Amazon are delicious. They provide some of the most entertaining stories. Shall we go on to story? Yeah, three? I just want to say I'm mostly bothered in the story by the picture of the desks because the chairs are on the wrong side of those IKEA tables. Those yeah. tables are are curves, and the desks are supposed to be on the inner circle of the curve, but they're on the outer. So I'm wondering who set that up. That's bothering my sensibility. <laughs> my own CD is, is fucking up your equilibrium, Spence. And, I, and uh, I just got to remind my co-host that I'm the host and I'll decide when we move on. So anyway, <laughs> one, one of the last things I want, one of the last things that I want to say about this story, because Jonathan brought it up, is that, as I said, I want to just reiterate, if anybody throws money at education... The educators need to look at the agenda of that person throwing money at that education institute. And if they can um, look into their deep soul and say, this is a reasonable amount of money for this course, can we divert some of it to actually teach people something uh, that we feel worthwhile, then that's the penalty that they're going to have to pay. That's the kind of moral dilemma that these educators are in because we all know, apart from the big schools that you've got over there, the Harvards and the and the Browns and, and all that kind of stuff, they've got plenty of money. But, you know, some colleges and universities and specifically in this country as well, academies that we've got, they are really suffering financially. So it's very difficult not yeah, to take the money. The reason why they're suffering is because big donor who gives you money to do X, you do X. Well, yeah, I mean, I get that, but you try and also divert some funds to where, 
you can you can have some other kind of type of education. That's all I'm saying. This is why these people take money. Right. So moving on, we've got we've had five point nine. There was a great hoo ha about it, and loads of tweets and loads of Facebook posts and quite a lot of advertising. And actually, I've never I've never seen Matt Mullenweg in more more podcasts and blog posts and interviews. Um, in a, such a short period of time. Yeah, it won't come on mine, though. Well, I can't really blame him. I wouldn't if you didn't pay me fortunes. Um, you know, the, the, the whole point is, is that he has, has he, we were saying last year that he's got no PR or he needs a PR machine. Has he got a PR management firm now? Because I'm seeing him. He's omnipresent at the moment. He's on CNBC or whatever it is. He's on YouTube. He's on every single podcast that you can think of. Banging the drum for WordPress. Have the VCs put a sharp stick up his bum and said, right, Matt, you got to get out there and say, and you got to sell this thing because can we're I, not. Can I quickly respond right to that? Return. No, you right. can't. Did you, I haven't did you, finished. Did you hear I that? I haven't finished. I will give you a chance. So what I'm, so the, because I'd nearly finished and you bloody interrupted me again. So stop it. So right at the end of my, so my, my, my point, so the point is that I'm trying to make, does the panel think that Matt Mullenweg, before we talk about um, 5.9 and 6, does the, thing, does the panel think that Matt Mullenweg has now at last got himself a booking agent and a PR? Jonathan. Yeah, I, I, I put a kind of response to that in in the WP Tonic Mastermind Facebook page. Uh, I thought it was quite amusing. Uh, if you want to see it, listeners and viewers, please join us. Spencer's very active. I am. Andrew Duck is responsive when he can when he stop smoking. But I, the great after time, I can't. I can't even understand what the great leaders even saying after time. Uh, um, it's yeah, it doesn't after what comes out of his mouth doesn't even make any sense to me. So I've given up really. Be quite he's, true. he's promoting the he's promoting open source, he's promoting WooCommerce, and he's also promoting WordPress.com. Spencer, what do you reckon? Well, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's clear that something has pushed his button, but I think it had a lot to do with the fact that this is quite honestly prior to 5.9. Didn't we all complain about the fact that nothing meaningful ever gets updated? So I think this is the first time he has something to talk about that he won't get shit all over his head about because the accessibility is broken or this isn't broken or why do we need to press a, a rectangular button instead of a square button to make something happen? And now he's got something to talk. But I did watch the maskless reveal of this at the WordCamp thing that you know, it was in New York and it was just, I have nothing, I have nothing that I can say with regard to Matt's presentation other than he seems to be happy to just sort of like be the counselor on the bus. And when the kids have something cool to talk about, he sort of says, and Bobby, what are you working on? And Susie, what are yeah. you working on? Look, the kids are but to be, um, to you be know. serious, I think Heather, Heather had some great insight, actually, um, Spencer. I didn't realise, and I think Heather really put it on the button. I think he's bored, Spencer. I, I think, I think, I think maybe he's, maybe bored he's just not with empowered it. enough to take a stand because politically, there's a disadvantage to him being too. Well, I'm not going to compare myself to him, but like I like I like to throw rocks into the pond and see where the ripples go. I think he has to be very careful about what he says, where and when, because he's got a lot of people that he could easily 
put into a bad position or vice versa, right? He has a lot more to lose by saying the wrong thing than to just say less. And I think that's, that's the job of a CEO in some ways, but other CEOs are very progressive, like we were just referring to, where they're outspoken. Like, again, I'm not going to compare them, but Elon Musk says crazy shit all day long every day just to see what happens, right? So that's what And no one can stop him, for better or worse. I mean, but that's when you're not owned by anybody, that's what you can do, you know. Perhaps. Yeah, but uh, just to be serious about it, fundamentally, there, there, was, there was a group of people that really didn't want WordPress to move, change fundamentally. The fundamental need for a better editor and a, be- and a more modern way of building website, I totally support. And I totally understand the need to improve the experience when it comes to WordPress.com, which is really very linked to what we were discussing with story one. The needs for those fundamental things, I totally support. And I think in some areas in the WordPress community, my position is not being honestly described because I totally support the fundamentals of Gutenberg. And what my problem is, is he was advised that the way he constructed and how this project would be done was not the best way for it to do. And he chose not to listen to very intelligent advice, as far as I'm concerned. And he decided to be the project lead, which I thought was crazy. And we're two and a half years down the road. And where I differ from you, Spencer, is I see something that's half finished. And I don't think it's good enough. I just don't think it's good enough. And I think there's a lot of people in the WordPress community that just won't be honest about it. I'm not prepared to be one of them. It doesn't mean I hate Matt or I think he's a terrible person, but the truth is the truth. But it's beyond him at this point, isn't it? I mean, if we think about it in terms of like the elemental move, we think about it in terms of my focal point, my other 2022... I've been talking about the stack, and now the stack is moving into the enterprise. So I'm going to be talking about WordPress for enterprise. It's really besides Matt anymore, because all of the players, the big money, the consolidations, the partnerships, the strategy, it's all going on regardless of what he says or doesn't say. So to a certain extent, I think that's the exciting part about WordPress. Live by the sword, die by the sword. WordPress being open source, unlike Microsoft, we don't have to worry about being pulled into court by Bill and, uh, you know, Balmer or anything like that when we do what we want with WordPress, as long as you don't use the name. That's basically the only thing you can't do. And I think that's exciting beyond belief. Talking about that, I wanted to, I wanted to uh, you know, I put a, a thing in there about um, Jarvis having to change their name because mm. Marvel said, change your name. Now, they decided not to go to court. And I feel for, I feel for Jarvis. I honestly do. I feel for yeah. any company that uses a proprietary name or takes a chance. Now, Jarvis is ac- actually an acronym as far as Marvel is concerned. I don't know it. I haven't got it up so that I can't read it. But we all know it's from the Iron Man series. And we know that Vision has come from that. Paul Bettany plays the Vision mm-hmm. thing. What, 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 what I wanted to say about that, and it hasn't been included, so I'm just going to very, very quickly say that, is that 
when we're dealing with these very, very big money proprietary companies that, that, that want to have copyright on a word, it drives me crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Because Jarvis is a name. It's somebody's name. Somebody in the world is called Jarvis. It's, so it's, it, it, right. I mean, it's, a, it's you know? a trademark. The rules about trademarks as names for things are tricky. Crazy. <laughs> yes, crazy. and they're pro- and they're probably different in in different countries. I I only know really about the the U.S. But if they can claim that the Jarvis in Marvel is in the same category as the Jarvis software, as far as trademarks go, that is to say, it's not being used as a person's name. They're not going to sue somebody who wants to call their kid Jarvis. Uh, then legally they can make that claim. No, I get that. But the point I'm trying to make is that that they've got, they could have said to, Marvel could have said to Jarvis, the the AI, all right, you want to use it. What a great idea because you're Jarvis.ai, brilliant. Why don't you pay us a licensing fee? You've got 50,000 customers or 35,000 customers that are paying you 30 bucks or 50 bucks or 100 bucks, you know, whatever. We'll take three bucks per customer. Every time you sign up a customer, your license fee is $3, right? So, And you pay that to Marvel as a license fee. It's only a merchandising deal. It's like a merchandising deal. Why didn't they do that? Conversely, Not WordPress... Not control, I bet. Right. So, Word, well, yeah, it's an honesty thing, isn't it? But WordPress could do exactly the same thing. They ban people from using the word WordPress. But if I want to go wordpressteacher.com and I'm charging X amount for a a learning platform to teach people how to use WordPress, but I need to use the word WordPress in there, WordPress could actually come along to me and say, you're using our trademark, you have now got to pay a license, which then goes into a foundation, and eventually that foundation will pay all the contributors. Boom. Paying the contributors is gone. But how, how do they desi- decide who the license, who to give the license to? Because otherwise, they're really diluting their their. It's diluting and it's slippery slope, and it's a management issue. Because once you once you go down that path, Andrew, you have a full time team that has to be in charge of that, and then you have to also worry about pricing, and it becomes just a secondary job. For right. the company that becomes it becomes money. Yeah, Marvel, Marvel, Marvel made we're that. sitting here complaining Mar- that they're not doing their primary job well enough. Marvel made so much money off of the Iron Man franchise in the billions that, like, the amount of money they could charge for this company to use it in such a predominantly similar way. I mean, the whole idea, like, well, how much do you think they you know, get from an Iron Man model from Mattel? You know, it's the same deal. It's a merchandising deal. What what I'm saying is because because that when, because that's the product of the character or of the thing in the movie versus this is a different product but lending or borrowing from the the thing in the movie like if you do I get a, it I get it I get know. I absolutely get you and I know that you're a law, an attorney at law and everything like that and I get it but but be, being the simple minded person that I am I as Marvel would have said no problem at all change it to the Iron Man face. Pay us a license. Get on with it. Right. So we're going to go now on to looking at... I mean, that actually might have made sense. If they had done that, would they use the Marvel thing? Then Marvel would have gotten the benefit. But I think that's probably the issue of them staying in their lane. Like Marvel sort of like, what? why do we want to even open up that door? You know? Why not? Anyway, right. So looking ahead, we haven't got a long long now, but looking ahead to WordPress 6.0, I'm going to go on to Sally here because you're a Gutenberg and and actually Spence Gutenberg... um, um, advocates, let's say, 
how do you feel about 5.9 in 35 seconds and a half? And then for the other 25 seconds, 24 and a half seconds, to talk us through this 6.0. Full site editing has me more excited about WordPress than I have been probably since the initial launch of Gutenberg. And I think a large part of the reason that we're seeing people all over, and you uh, may have heard uh, the other Matt's two-part interview with Josefa, uh, was that they really wanted to over-communicate about this because they had done such a bad job with mm. the communication of, of the initial Gutenberg rollout and poor Josefa had to like go around and hear people tell her exactly how they felt uh, for, for months afterwards. Um, and, you know, it's unfinished. That, that is indisputable. It's, it, you could use full-site editing as it exists in 5.9 to build a site without too complicated a structure. Uh, I can think of some sites, you know, that I could redo with it right now. Uh, But uh, for the more complex sites, it's going to have to wait for, uh, you know, at least uh, 6.0. And, you know, until we have a a slightly more sophisticated version of the query loop. But uh, I had my meetup members play with it on Sunday, right before it actually launched. And people were, you know, first of all, it was the biggest group I've seen for a while. And and second, people were very interested. People are also puzzled by some things. Uh, uh, you know, there were some new to WordPress people who were on one of the learn groups. And they were like, they were so confused by the fact that the... Uh, you know, the content block for the page template said post content. And, wow. you know, I've, I've put in a Gutenberg issue about, can we change the labels to not yeah. confuse the newbies? Uh, but um, I am very pleased. Cool. Good. Spence. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a couple things that are still left out, including this whole weird full site editing and how that's going to happen and patterns versus themes and that conversation about the why oh why are we having Matt say have 5,000 different block themes versus one canvas type theme that you know things apply to but they're, they're I mean, working on letting you save all of your block templates across themes right but in practice I have made it my workflow with anybody at all, even the elementor and especially the Divi people to say, you owe it to yourself to become familiar and start using this in practice. Because in practice, with just a few other little helper plugins, it, it's it's past the point of being useful. It's functionally you know, efficient to use it. And everything I build now is just in Gutenberg, and including some of the new stuff this week. Because I find it... Weird to say this because I was at the time such a big fan, but this is similar to like when you had an old phone and you thought like it was so fast and then you try the new phone and you're like, you didn't know what you're missing. That Elementor is a drag to have on top of Gutenberg. I mean, it's just, I can't be bothered with it now. And I get that. We've used page builders do, and I'd be, you know, I'll be shot for this, but page builders do slow your website down, but they speed up the website development. So once you get the, the there's some things that you, there's, you got to rebuild your toolkit of, of stuff. Yeah. yeah so there's sure. a learning curve that we're going through. I'm loving the way that, uh, that Gutenberg is going. I've always been an advocate of it and I'm learning it more and more. And my, my devs are learning it. I mean, one guy did say... I don't, think LMA, I don't think LMA's target is even WordPress. I think their, I think their target is SiteGround and, and Wix. And uh, there's a host of other 
there's a host of other. Sorry, John. I don't think their target is is the the actual vendors. I think that you know they're not going out to put people out of business. There's plenty of four hundred fifty five million websites out there currently, and a a rate of two hundred fifty two thousand every day being published. You know, so those are quite. You know, if you look at the WP Engine six hundred and twenty eight billion, you know, market whatever they did, whenever they did their thing. This is a massive market. It's not going to get any... I don't think it's going to get any smaller. Yes, we're going to have um, more virtual conferences. Yes, we're going to have all these kind of things. But you know, for the next few years, I think that you know, the WordPress hosts are going to be absolutely fine. So on that note, we are at the recommendation stage, mm-hmm. I believe, if I'm being the host that I should be. It seems like just Sally, a minute ago we started the show. <laughs> and uh, my uh, recommendation is uh, WordPress social learning. Uh, they're Ooh. offering a whole bunch of classes, both for uh, end users and for developers, about full site editing and about other things. Uh, and I've got the link in Slack. Uh, it, it, but... Uh, uh, they're, they're the social learning meetups, and uh, I've been going to several of them. Uh, so they're uh, working very hard to make sure. I mean, the training team is like busting out new new trainings, like, you know, two or three a day at this rate. Um, <clears throat> so they really are trying to do a better job of launching than they did uh, before. So and there it is. Yes, that one. Brilliant. Brilliant. I think that's... I think that WordPress need to need to do this, and they need to improve more on that because we're already we're all, we already say RTFM, don't we? We're, you know, product developers, we say, please read the manual before you before you come to support us. And this, all, I think, yeah, but there has to be a manual first. Well, I know exactly. So you know, this is this is like our manual. So go to the manual, Jonathan. What's your recommendation? Yeah, if you're looking to build out really great looking, frequently asked questions or help sections. Got a couple recommendation plugins. One is Better Docs. Um, it works with Animator, I think Gutenberg or, or um, uh, most of the page builders. Another one is Heroic. I think that's pronounced correct. Heroic KB. Um, that's another plugin. It was recommended by Brian Jackson to me. I haven't personally used it, but if it's recommended by Brian and he uses it in his self, it should be top notch. So they're two great solutions if you're looking to build out frequently asked or help sections, and you want that kind of Zen desk um, professional kind of look. These these provide a great solution, Andrew. Cool, cool, Spencer. What you got? <laughs> I, I was going to post something unusual for me, which was a link to a Reddit article. It's showing that Reddit's CDN is broken. So the link works or did. But anyway, it was somebody who posted about they automated their job over a year ago and haven't told anybody. And the reason I liked it was it's it's basically an example of something that I've always tried to do. The, the basic premise was somebody with a little scripting capability, not that dissimilar than any WordPress person got a job as an IT person at a law firm to basically take the documents that the lawyers made from a Dropbox and index them so they were searchable. And like you know, and they realized they could just write a script or they borrowed a script for five bucks from Fiverr 
and they they made it work. But since the pandemic didn't require them to show up at the office, they were essentially able to just check in their computer in the morning, spend the whole day doing whatever they want, checked in one last time at night, and nobody's ever said boo about it because the thing works perfectly fine. But they're collecting like $90,000 a year. So they were feeling either stupid or guilty and wanted to talk about it. I think stupid because maybe they'll get caught. But then a bunch of other people got on. And I want to say, this is what I used to do. Jonathan and I met like one WD and first web designer. It was to say, we're in WordPress now. The snow globe is being shaken up. All these people who knew how the remote control worked in classic or with their old page builder are all like me and my mom now, like, Hey, man, like, how do I push the buttons? There are so many ways for somebody with WordPress skill to go in and find all these clients that all you're doing is you know where to push the buttons. So I encourage anybody to think out of the box because it pains my heart when I read on the Facebook groups like, I can't find a client to design a website. I'm like, well, that's not the pain people are having. People are having a pain like, you know, with the little nuances. And this shows that the world is an amazing place when you look, you know, look under rock. So. I, I totally agree. Right. My recommendation is because I've been watching this guy as well. She's from Pontypool and he's got a lovely way of about him and he does um, lots of reviews and he reviewed a plugin that I'm, that I, that I'm obviously involved is in as a co-founder. We didn't ask him to do it as far as I'm aware. I, I certainly didn't ask him to do it. And he gave a really honest review, the good, the bad, the ugly and the, and the beautiful. And I think I'm in line with uh, Sally's recommendation of learn.wordpress. It's a great, you know, go to YouTube and just uh, search for WP Touch, the, the um, link mm. to the, the show notes. He did a fantastic uh, review, didn't yeah. he? He did. Well, it was, it was, but it was honest. You know, he absolutely said the bad yeah. bits and it allows us as product developers to go there. But also, um, we've got, so much learning to, you can do on WordPress in, in YouTube. So, you know, go to WP Touch, look around for other people's learning. Um, but I think he's one of the most honest reviewers out there. Um, he did reach out to me and said, I don't like this bit. I don't like this. What are you doing about it? I said, well, nothing at the minute because we didn't know about that. He found, found a little nice thing that it does, which is right. Yeah. But anyway, so now we are nearly at the end of this. And uh, I just want to make a couple of recommendations. Make sure that you go to our Facebook group. Uh, to join in the conversation. Um, we like to uh, point you also to our regular podcasts, if you can possibly go. Uh, so go to wptonic.com podcast episodes. And we also would like you to go to our recommendations where people who sponsor this show and allow us to, certainly me, make a little bit of a cock up at the beginning, give us money for it, sign up to our newsletter there, and also look at all the recommendations. And um, that's it from us today, I believe. And thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 